0: because you said something that is just just flat out like absolutely irrefutably correct.
1: Oh. <laughs> and welcome back to the refactor podcast, the show where we try and help ourselves and you suck just a little bit less each and every day. Recording live from the basement of the ivory tower, my name is Frank Cole. And from the brink of
0: sanity, my name is Chris Tonkinson.
1: And this is episode 96, recorded on February 9th, 2023.
0: And I'm like, I'm getting closer to the brink. So we are talking, uh, my day job here, we're talking about return to office. Oh, God. Um, You know, and there's like all of these weird things that are kind (laughs) of... Just, there's all of know. these <laughs> uh, no, no. It's there's all of these strange things that are kind of converging at once. So like I'm still watching layoffs.fyi. I think I I think we picked that maybe we a did. couple of months ago. Yeah, I, I picked um, that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's tremendous. Um I mean the 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 service and the site and the information is tremendous. What it's showing is a bloodbath. Um, but the wider market is like not as bad. Be- I I have been now for i don't know a year mm-hmm. saying that it's going to get worse I, I don't think this is going to be contained that the fed's soft landing nonsense i think is hyperbole we have to go into the whole like turn this into a economic show but from my perspective i don't see like either one of like either i tr- i well and truly do not understand how money works and or <laughs> like the there's the michael burry quote from the big short It's possible we are just we live in a completely fraudulent system like i don't know which and maybe it's a little of both i i i don't know um but it does seem like the bloodbath is is fairly concentrated in tech which it doesn't actually conflict with kind of the the macro narrative at the moment but i see all these layoffs happening right And then I see that a lot of companies had a really, really bad 22. Well, what happens when 22 is really bad financially? Well, that means that your budget season for 23 is not going to be very awesome, right? Because Mm -hmm. a lot of companies, they will look your prior performance and try to project that out. And, you know, you add modifiers, but... You know, if, if, if 22 was bad, you kind of assume like you got to be conservative in 23, because what if this continues? And we don't expect that it will, but okay. And then we're talking return to office. And, and I think we've done, I, we'd love your perspective on this. Uh, you know, you and I both have been working from home for a decade now, you know, but longer, 14 years, since I think. Before at this it point. was
1: cool. Oh, uh, way, way, way before it was cool. This is the one yeah. I will wear these hipster glasses to my grave. I was oh. doing remote way before it was cool.
0: Hundred percent. So for me, it was cool. for for me personally. It has been it has been a decade full time and uh, seven years hybrid prior to mm-hmm. that. So I'm mm-hmm. seventeen all in, but but the last decade solid, um, right? And I'm I'm here, man. Like. <laughs> I'm here. I got my office. I got my setup. I know what I'm about. I, it, I, <clears throat> I don't see. for me, Now, it's, for some people, it's a bug, not a feature, right? We have to say that and just caveat for the rest of the conversation. Some people don't like it, and some organizations can't they just think it's not appropriate right you can't do a uh,
1: hospital fully remote you can't be a doctor right, exactly in a fully remote right. ecosystem exactly right. unless you're a radiologist just, yeah yeah, yeah radi- well, tr- Jenny, that's true yeah uh, that's my wife point.
0: always tells me she's like oh if you were if if you went like the biological sciences route rather than physical like you you would have been a radiologist because they just sit there in dark rooms with huge monitors talking about physics all day there you'd love them mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. So, so, shout out to any radiologists who are also in our uh, ever-expanding audience. So, anyway, uh, shaggy dog tail here, bringing this back. You talk about return to office, and your immediate fear as a as a manager as a leader is like, will this lead to attrition? And I have always maintained that yes, it does. The problem is, I don't know the formula. Right? I know that the line is up and to the right. In other words, there is a positive correlation between forcing people back on site X number of hours or days per unit time and the amount of attrition that you could directly attribute to that policy. I know that there is a positive correlation. I think that um, let me say I believe that there is a positive correlation. And I think I think that's a defensible position to hold without, you know, concrete experimental data. Um, but we don't know how much. Right. So if I say everybody's got to come back to the office one day a week. How much attrition would I be risking or versus three days versus full-time 40 hours button seat, right? And so for me, I think that the conversation has been, all right, we, there's a desire to get some folks back in the office. Not everybody full-time, but, but some kind of office utilization is a desire. And, and for uh, company culture, for collaboration, all that, you know, all those soft things that nobody ever wants to define – and I can get on board with that. So one of the things, there are kind of two ways that we're looking at. It. Number one, be as minimal as possible, right? So like it is not five days, four weeks a month, 12 months a year, right? Um, think you know, we can start off with some number of days per day or per, per week or per month. The important thing, though, and it, as we've been having these conversations the last few weeks, the important thing is. If the purpose, if the stated purpose is the culture, the collaboration, the soft stuff, then it becomes very critical that we don't, you know, we could pick, okay, we say, look, the whole company's got to be back on, you know, Mondays. Okay. Why? Well, because we have one very important meeting on Mondays. And so it's good for everybody else to be there for that. Well, but we have this other meeting on Thursdays that's also important. And it's like, there's, there's no sacred cows here. It's, it's a meeting. The neat thing about Outlook is that it's modifiable. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, so, so I think what the way we've approached it, I just yeah, curious on your if, if, if y- your company has broached this or, or what your thoughts are. But really, what we've said is we're going to pick a day. We all know it's arbitrary no matter what. So, we're going to pick the day that has the highest incidence of kind of cross team, high impact meetings. And then that's going to be the day for everybody. And we're going to try to find any other meetings throughout the week that fit the bill of being both kind of cross-functional and pretty important. And we're going to rebook those for the day that everybody's there. And so this and this has been my my motto the, the whole time. If you if your office is a cube farm, and then you say, okay, well everybody comes in now one day a week, great to do the heads down work that developers and data analysts and QA mm-hmm. and everybody does. I'd like well, this doesn't make any sense, right? And I think there's at some point, I, you know, I think there's got to be like a reconstruction of the physical space because you're going to find pretty soon you don't have enough meeting rooms for that day, if that's the posture. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, now this, this requires capital investment and there's a little more involved in it. But I think over time, what we'll see, I think in my organization, this is just a prediction, but I think what we'll see in my organization is like, we're going to wind up eating some desk space for more meeting and collaboration space.
1: Yeah, I uh, think so too. Uh, I think mm-hmm. Uh Oh boy. Okay. So oh,
0: it's sta- a whole can of worms. This is a whole, I, this is a
1: whole can of worms. So I, I stand by what we have said before. Remote is the way, the truth and the light, as far as I'm concerned. Yes, you need that in fa- in person face to face time, but that is the exception and not the norm for most knowledge workers. You don't need that all yeah. the time. If you're doing, if a good chunk of your life is just heads down work, you can do that remotely. If a good chunk mm-hmm. of your work is Interacting with customers, you can do that remotely. There is no need. What we're seeing right now is a is a pushback in the industry to try and get back to the brick and mortar standard that we had going into COVID, and that ain't happening. I mean, that genie is out of the bottle, and it ain't going back in. And so, if for the audience members, if you're in a company where you you went remote post COVID, and they're now trying to people back into the office, this is and. I think you you sort of raised this question, okay, the, the risk of losing people and you know pushback and things like that. Yeah. this is 100 percent the time to do that pushback. No, I'm not doing it. i I call bs mm-hmm. on your b s and if you don't mm-hmm. like it, I will go somewhere else because you can. you know there is there, there is no like I said, genie is out of the bottle that is that is not going to to go back so that's the that's the first thing. Second thing, if the company is, in fact, going back into the office, you asked about impact and loss and risk and things like that. I think, obviously, the most immediate is going from zero to one. You're going to see the biggest increase, obviously, you're just going from fully remote to now having one or hybrid. One more days. Just, yeah, just whatever sheer, hybrid means. Whatever yeah. hybrid means, the sheer presence of hybrid is going to be the biggest uh, driver of... Pushing people out the it's door. It's like
0: it's like a it's like a it's like a stock. There's like a there's like a a psychological barrier. Correct. You know,
1: and so you have diminishing returns from there on. How much more? I think the presence or absence is the thing that is enough. Yeah. And what it is for one day versus two versus three. I'm sure somebody will do the math at some point. We'll probably get that over the next couple of years, but you're going to, that line will be a giant spike going from zero to one. And then it'll be this graded, you know, this, this gradient increase, just mm-hmm. as this, you know, this, this, this increase from, from there. I, that's my, I should clarify. That's my prediction. I could be wrong. There, there might actually be another stop point. If you go from say five in person days to four in person days, maybe that actually has yeah. a significant decrease. I don't know. But yeah. my guess is just going from zero to one is going to be the, the biggest, increase and so your company's already you know stepping across the chasm and- yeah
0: i'm reporting live from the front lines uh yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'll i'll keep you keep you informed on how it goes here and I, you I, know and i think part of it though i, I know i know you have another thought there, that's but okay. part ahead. of it yeah. for me um part of it for me is absolutely that you how do i phrase this
1: I don't know, how do you phrase Nobody,
0: <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm asking. <laughs> I'm asking the audience now, uh, because A, they know, and oh, B, them. they can respond real time. Yeah. Right, them. Um, got it. Why, right? It's always back to why. Why we are doing this is for the, the culture, the collaboration, the team spirit, and all that kind of stuff. And I think, I think largely, I think people can rally around that. If you had, let me, let me couch this a little bit. If you had a geographic office, and then covid happened everybody went home and now senior management says it's time to come back okay why so if it's for that culture and collaboration and the high bandwidth for the important meetings and blah 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 and if if that is both and and here's where like optics matter if the actual and stated goal is that and the structure of the return to office mandate uh, supports that. Then I think people are much more willing to say, yeah, okay, I don't love it, but I get it. Like, I can buy into this. It's kind of like playing, a, kind of like going over your uh, uh, your friend's house, your brother's house, whatever, and you decide to, like, have a drink and play a board game. Like, And I'm not talking about the hardcore, like, tabletop people, but, like, normies, board games are like, okay, whatever. In order to have mm-hmm. fun with a board game, you have to, like, you have to buy into it. You have to know that what you're doing is like a little kitsch, you know, like y- y- you have to kind of like lean into it. And if you do, when you do, you can have a blast with it. But if you like, if you sit there and grumble and cross your arms with a scowl, you just, I don't know, I think you're depriving yourself because like the game is happening. You're there. You might as well have. And, and if you kind of give into that, I think it. Am I making any sense here? Then, then I think it it it, it helps um, helps gel the thing. But again, the, the execution of the return to office plan has to be in line with the stated goal, which has to be one with the actual goal. Otherwise, the whole thing's going to fall apart. And here's my point: people have a great nose for BS. And if yep. any of that is not in place, it's BS. I'm just saying the the whole thing is BS if those things aren't all in line. People are going to smell it. And to me, that's where you're going to see the exodus.
1: Yeah. See, the thing is, I, I have a hard time getting past the BS on this one for a, a couple of reasons. Number one, the people who all tout in person, it's all managers. You don't see, I, I don't see in the talking heads that are pushing for in person, I don't see anyone who would be team level People, team level actors—they're all managers. They're all CEOs. It's all—it's all talking. It's—it's all—it's all upper management. I—I'm I, sorry. The sniffer on this one for me just can't get past. You want to go back to having homeroom and taking attendance? I—I'm—I'm I'm sorry. I know what you're saying. I hear the words that are coming out of your mouth about oh, it's in-person communication and all this rather. I I just think that's I I'm calling BS on you. I I think you're completely full of it. I think you actually just want to see people in the building so that you can make sure that you're you're getting value out of them. And I can and here's how I can prove it, kind of. Well,
0: you're saying you're saying me, me or me like like uh, imaginary top boss. I'm this, saying this. I'm saying
1: whoever. So in, if we are continuing to use you as the situation, I can
0: I can devil's I'll devil's advocate. It. I don't do it need that you. We'll but I,
1: don't, I actually don't need you to devil's advocate because somebody in your company is, in fact, pushing for to be back in person. I'm assuming it's not you from our discussions that, you, you know, you, you're at least willing to hear them. But that's also not your default posture. You would go remote. So you have somebody at the top level who is pushing for this. Okay, well, that same person who's pushing for this, the, the justification is camaraderie and and culture and creativity. It's 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 this it's this soft stuff. It's this very nebulous, undefined st- stuff, right? It, it's it's these they they're not. Quantifiable, right? Well, these yes, uh, I'm confirming. Uh, right? Yeah, I want to make sure okay. we're on the same yep. page. Okay, sake of
0: right. sake of sake of conversation, yeah. The uh, uh, the qualitative and not quantitative.
1: You don't okay. Well, do you have before I go further? Do you have anything that actually would fit the quantitative on this? Are there actual numbers that they have thrown at you for? If we do this, then we earn this much more revenue or something like well,
0: that. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Sh- there would be. Yeah. I'm not sure that there are. Yeah. I
1: don't good think there are
0: quantitative metrics. No, yeah, yeah. I don't think
1: there are. And that's my no. point. I don't think it's a there, subjective
0: exercise. It's, it's a subjective a very, topic. It's yeah. a
1: very subjective topic. That's exactly my yeah. point. There is nothing yep. that is. I, I cannot find a thing in this arena that is explicitly objective that I can quantify and measure. That's my point. Okay. So, mm-hmm. you have these people at management that are making these very subjective arguments, which I'm not averse to anyone making a, a subjective argument. The problem I have is that it, they only do it when it's convenient. So, for example, the same people who are talking about being in person for all this nebulous subjective stuff have no problem turning around and applying, uh, ignoring, those nebulous things when it comes to hiring. You and I just talked about a situation recently with somebody who was out and then boomeranged, was looking to boomerang back in after several years with more experience and wasn't offering, was offering them their original salary from two years ago, two plus years ago, you know, because, oh, well, you know, this is, you know, this is all we can, this is all we can do. Well, there's plenty of subjective elements in there too. The person went out, gained new experience, probably bringing back something significantly more valuable to say nothing of the fact that they've bit, you know, they have two more years. And I don't know if you've looked, but prices have gone up on literally everything. I feel like, <laughs> hey, yo, I feel like damn near royalty over here. My wife got chickens last year. I'm so glad I let her get chickens because we are living like princes on 80. <laughs> Look at you eating an egg every day, eating, eating eggs, two, three square (laughs) meals of, of $45 eggs a day. It's, it's, it's awesome. It's super awesome. So everything has gone up and, but they're not offering any, anything additional. And there's, there's no, in that equation, that's pure Mm -hmm. math, but all the subjective elements of that additional experience and those additional elements and, and just the, the costs that you, we can expand this out. The costs to hire the costs to losing somebody even those even they have some even measurably quantifiable elements but they never i don't know about you but they never quite seem to measure up it still is just kind of conveniently ignored to to meet the the line item ledger you know what i'm saying and so so you're you're super hardcore quantitative over here but then for this thing which the employees Let's be honest. Vast majority, everybody likes remote work. Everybody wants to stay remote. Everybody on board with that. Now all of a sudden, there's nothing quantitative, and now we're all we're all about these these soft, nebulous, subjective qualities of of camaraderie and creativity. Uh, uh, BS. Total BS. I don't believe you because there's no consistency in the behavior. Either you're lying now, or you were lying before. And that's, so that's why I, why I run, I, I run afoul immediately of this. I just generally, I have yet to see the case where I go, yeah, okay, I can buy that. I don't, I don't buy it. I, I just don't buy it.
0: Well, but you're, tr- so it is, it is subjective that I, I you, you already said it. You, you, mm-hmm. you, you, you didn't, you didn't bury the lead at all. The, it's a subjective decision. Right, but the willing to Pe- be. No, Period yeah end of story, it's a subjective decision, and so you buy in or you don't.
1: But 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 my point right? is in, in, in why I don't buy those the, yes, and the reason I don't buy into the leadership's subjective rationale, I, I don't think the rationale that they're giving, I don't think is the true rationale. I think they're lying at, at a broad level. The reason I say that is because you can you, you give subjective rationale here. And then for, for this, you know, you give a rationale here, but then you ignore subjectivity in every other realm, everything else, even when there are subjective elements to it. Like I just talked about the hiring thing. Like there are, mm-hmm. there are justifiable elements there that would make me go, yeah, okay, we should, we should pay this person who's boomeranging back in with additional time and experience more money, but we won't because it's pure finance. We're just going to completely ignore those subjective measures because they don't really, you know, they don't really help us. You see what but I'm what you're, saying? but what,
0: Yeah, but what you're describing here is is nothing more than just rank hypocrisy.
1: Yes, that's exactly my point. Like, the whole thing is hypocritical bullcrap. That's what I'm saying. Yeah,
0: the, and the whole thing being humanity. Well, I... I- no, no. no show me, about the- show me. Give me an example of somebody who you think is not a hypocrite and you will have just proven yourself wrong. <laughs> right, And, and it's, there is I, so it's it's somewhat fallacious to say that some things we apply rigor, some things we apply analytical rigor to and some things we approach subjectively. Because some things are analytically rigorous and some things are subjective, so I don't know that it's necessarily an apples to-apples comparison. Uh-huh. nevertheless, nevertheless, let me let me come at this a different way. So you and I again, we have been remote for a very long time, and we value we value to high heaven the annual all hands, right
1: love it. yes, huge. We Mega get the whole important. team
0: together for a week and it's super just great. Duper
1: important. it's awesome. Right. Okay, it's super duper important. It is awesome. Why? Because because in person is valuable. I didn't say it wasn't. That's not the point you know, I was making. I, I was not trying to make the point that in person wasn't used.
0: I'm not trying to catch you on a technicality. Oh, okay. I'm just right, I, right. like why why is that awesome and valuable?
1: Well, I would in the I'm not sure where you're going with this. Uh, in the sense of a remote first organization. That becomes one of the very few opportunities that you do have face to face time. And so that has value because it is not an everyday thing. It also has some, it also has an additional unique uh, pleasure pleasing element to it. It's cool to do that from to it's cool to be in the room with the people that you work with. It's cool to hang out by the water cooler, shoot the breeze about work, sports, gaming, whatever. That's 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 a good thing. And if you go most of a year without that and then cram it all into that one week, it feels pretty good. I usually, in remote-first ecosystems where we've had the off-sites, I come away from those feeling very energized and very fun. So I, I find those to be good. I wouldn't feel the same way if I was in person with these people all the time and we just up and move the entire conversation from the office that is only a few miles from my house to you know across the country and now I got to be away from my family. I gotta, it's a different calculation. So mm-hmm. that's why I, that's why I see the value. It helps bolster the relationships It's a feel good thing. Re-energizes your, yourself, your interest, the work in the company. That's, that's why I'm, am, am I, does that answer your question? It it
0: does. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so where a, are you it's going? A <clears throat> it's a different kind of connection you get to make with people. In person versus remotely.
1: Yes. Right. Yeah. And it's, true. and
0: it comes down, it comes down largely to like a communication thing.
1: Uh, It's like a, it's a relationship building thing more, more specifically. Okay. That'll, that'll do. So, okay. So, so clearly
0: being in the office every day of every week for, let's just say for software developers is, is. Bull crap, right? It it's just bulk. It's just not necessary. And We can, we
1: can lump pretty much the entire technical infrastructure under there too. It no, threat, nobody all that. I,
0: not, nobody, nobody, on this show is going to disagree that five days a week in the office is necessary. That is 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 necessary. That's that's right. just mm, yeah. not not the way things work, right? Okay. Uh, we would also agree that at minimum, that annual all hands is absolutely critical for gluing the group together as humans.
1: In the particular case of a remote first workforce, you mean? Yes, I would agree.
0: Yes. So if, if let's say my company is four days from home, one (laughs) day in office, and let's say that, let's say you have some employees that are like, like remote capital R, like out of state. All right. You have, you have a large, you have a, you have a, a quorum that is actually geographic because the company was brick and mortar prior to COVID. Um, and most of those folks are still in that area. You do have a couple of folks from elsewhere. So maybe we exclude those for the moment. But the, for the least, of the folks that are that are still proximal. Four days a week from home, would you consider that remote first?
1: I mean, if just by sure, Sure, majority. By, just by, numbers, just by it, numbers. it kind of, of is. It is. It's but because
0: remote. there's an expectation of like routine reporting to office, it's, you would call that hybrid, but
1: you can't yeah.
0: work 80% of your time not in the office and not have all of the same support structures and discipline and everything else that goes along with being remote first. Like it, you're still, all of the things that you need to be successful to be a remote company are still going to be in place if you're four to one.
1: Right. Right. But you're still I think your definition of hybrid is accurate, though, because as soon as you but it's still hybrid. No, no, it is. No, no. That's my my only one. Yeah. Yeah. That's my only point. It's still
0: hybrid. Mm -hmm. But all of the necessary infrastructure for being remote still has to be there because it's four to one. Right.
1: I think you could probably start to take some shortcuts. You know, you could probably eliminate some of the remote first efficiencies or or. Uh, remote first compensations for accommodations. Accommodation. Yeah, like yeah. You, because yeah, then it okay. becomes, okay, deal whatever that thing is, we'll deal with it in the office the next time you're uh, new. So yeah, you, bring your you laptop start- in
0: next Wednesday instead yeah. of shipping it, those sorts. There's some yeah. logistical, for, it, sure, it, it for star- sure. It starts yeah. to, it starts yeah, to trend for sure. away. Yeah, okay. yeah. All right, so this I'm is, with you so this far. Is, all right, this, this, is, this is my grand finish, right? Okay, bring If it. five days in the week in, in the office is bull crap, Okay. One day a week in the office is still four to one. It's it's remote ish. It's hybrid. It's annoying. But hybrid leaning remote, yes, right?
1: hybrid sure, remote leaning hybrid. And if
0: you're if you are full remote, your your annual onsite, you're agreeing that that's necessary for. Mm-hmm. And can I say culture and collaboration? Yeah, absolutely. Like, would that be okay? I think okay. so. Yeah, so, absolutely. So my only my only point here, because I don't think we're actually disagreeing on any of this. My only point okay. here is to suggest that between five days a week and five days a year where you draw that line Mm -hmm. is arbitrary now Mm. for me personally i think one day a week for the folks that are geographic and were already there in the office five days a week pre-covid i don't think one day a week is super unreasonable and the reason that i would say it's subjective and and the line is arbitrary the reason i would say that's probably not too bad is for the same reasons that we both agree for a fully remote company that one week a year is absolutely critical to getting business done and it's just where you draw the line on the spectrum from five days a week to five days a year how often you're there and it's the same reason it's the same reason you're there you're just coming at it maybe with a different mathematical equation so Mm -hmm. you could say one day a week you could say two days every other week. You could say, oh, any three days a month. You could say, you know, whatever the formula you is. You could follow that's the a lunar slider. Cycle. Yeah, sure. That's yeah, that's so to me, that is a slider. And it is, it can only be subjective because whenever you set a cutoff for anything, it's arbitrary. Like it is yeah. arbitrary. Right. Yeah. And so and so that's my point. So where you say, well, no, one day a week is just complete bunk, like complete hokum. There's irreconcilably stupid. I'm like I, I get where you're coming from because you're looking awful lot like, uh, you're looking an awful lot like the bad version of hybrid. Mm-hmm. But I'm still seeing it as okay. We're on that sliding scale. We're just a little further to the left All than right. I would personally
1: like to be. Right.
0: That's how I'm looking at the okay. at the equation.
1: Got it. All right. So I can counter thought to this. It still comes back to the fact that you're picking. You're going from zero to that one day. If you have, if you have Uh hybrid for one day, you have, if you, if you are full time in person, you have an office and all of the requirements that go with running an office. If you are Uh one day a week hybrid, you have an office and all the crap that goes along with having an office. So you're, Uh you're not, you are assuming a whole bunch of overhead just by, just just giving yourself that one day, you are assuming yourself a whole bunch of overhead for that one day, which leads to my next point. I don't think that one day, companies that start with one day, I don't think that's where it stops. These companies that are pushing for this, they want you to come back into the office. Why? Because they have the office. It's a space that they have. It's an expense that they have that they want to use. I think that's the other part of this. They you know they need to justify this. This, this outlay that they have already made, a lot of them are locked up in leases, multi-year long-term leases. And so they may say, in the case of your company, they may say, it's just one one day a week. And then eight to 12 months from now, okay, we're going to two days a week. It's just one more day. It's just one more day. You're already doing one. What's two? You know, no big deal. And they just so it's just just the tip. Right? They're now, just, exactly. I think that this is. I think now this let is, me let me stop you right there because you
0: said something that is just just flat out like absolutely irrefutably correct, oh. which is a lot of these companies.
1: <laughs> which is, <laughs> I really thought I was going to have to buzzer myself there because the way you built it up. Absolutely, 100%. Oh, no, absolutely right. My bad, my bad. Correct.
0: <laughs> I I think a lot of companies, they have the office. And, and by the way, doing hybrid is very expensive because you've got to maintain you got everything you need for remote. You've got to maintain everything you need for on-site. It's like the most expensive it. option. It's the and most
1: it's expensive the most, option.
0: And it's the, most, it's the most complicated, the most time-consuming. It's a very... It's a tenuous place to live, and so I think you're right. I think a lot of, I think a lot of companies will probably wind up sliding. Oh, what's well, one day a week? We're gonna add two. We're gonna add three. We're gonna have four. Oh, hey, mm-hmm. don't worry, you can still work from home one day a week. Right,
1: right. And I, think, I think I think you're probably, mm-hmm.
0: I think you're probably right there. Um, in my company's case, we so COVID happened and everybody left. Uh, we were we were getting ready to uh, look at additional office space. Um, and We backed out of that, uh, and in fact, we've, we've reduced some of our office space because we have so many people working so much of their time from home, um, which is great because that's one of the few good things that's happened on the P&L for any company in the last three years is maybe <laughs> you got to dump some real estate, right? Um, So yeah, I don't want to get your whole thing, but 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 it is absolutely true that I think some of that. I think some of the you look at uh, some of the press releases and some of the interviews with the CEOs and and some of the things that you see from blog posts and uh, throughout the industry. It is absolutely the case that you have people in charge who just subjectively simply prefer an office environment. Mm, Maybe because and can I can I go here first? I feel like this is not something I could say at work, but like uh not not say for work land here some of these people they're just old and they're used to doing things a certain way and it's difficult for them to wrap their head around somebody being productive without an actual a quote actual office and they don't want to give it up because if they say everybody's remote now then the office doesn't make sense then they don't feel like they have anywhere to go and that's not something that they're used to Uh, and i think being remote has exposed a lot of bad managers.
1: Because
0: if you are a bad manager and everybody's on site, you can look at the little butts in the seats and you can see that, oh, look, Outlook is open or Visual Studio is open. They must be productive. And there's this lizard brain trick that happens where you stop asking critical questions about somebody's output because they look very busy. There's this old Seinfeld where George does this. Every time his boss walks by his office, he just acts really agitated and frustrated and angry and he's yelling and shoveling papers. And the guy thinks, my God, this guy's working himself to the bone. He's always harassed. Mm-hmm. And it's really just a show, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Seinfeld did this 30 years ago. That's absolutely what happens. And then you go remote and people go, well, how do I manage people remote? The same flipping way you did before. You look at their behavior and their output, because ultimately that's all that matters. But people are not in the habit of doing that in a critical way. And so I'm going off the whole thing here. But yeah, you're at with that statement. I think a lot of companies, that is absolutely the reason for it. and and. <laughs> to the extent that those same companies are having issues making right the right decisions for people because of the 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 quantifiables and then to mentally do the gymnastics to justify all the IT infrastructure required to support remote and the physical infrastructure required to support the hybrid it begins to look a little silly at some yeah. point.
1: Well that's uh, exactly it's not just silly it looks pure sus. I mean this is this is highly suspicious. I that's why I just don't believe you you're picking the most expensive option for just this one day i i that's not the end game i i it, the logic does not add up it doesn't add up
0: there there's one way there's one way it can math and that is if we say all right look i've got i've got an office that supports 1000 people mm-hmm. and we're going to do this one day in the office thing uh but you know and no department no 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 company is so evenly divided but let's say you have five departments of 200 people each uh, we're not going to have this 1000 person office space anymore we're going to downsize to a 250 person oh, office like a, space like a rotating and, space and yeah. each team each division takes a day of the week and that's when you're there and we share the space that okay cuz now now you're cost <laughs> saving you're ba- you're trying to balance a little yep, bit but yep. i think ugh, yeah this 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 cost of the overhead of the office, uh that's like you're gonna have to deal with that that's one where the the, either know. either the experiment fails and you realize that it really doesn't make a difference. And you should be if you're doing it right, you 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 may be able to see whether or not having people come back to the office really contributes to anything better than what you've been doing the last three years. Um versus the cost of maintaining the space to facilitate that activity and I suspect in most cases like now there are certain industries certain knowledge work industries where the in-person stuff is actually kind of important um I'm thinking of like uh, artistic creatives there's some other things that fit into that category mm. uh, but we're talking of, we're talking about programmers here it doesn't matter and even it straight up the, doesn't matter
1: even the creatives though I mean if if the creative bit is just you know interacting with other people again you can facilitate that in a remote way does it have the same spontaneity. Now we're back into stuff we've covered before. It doesn't have the spontaneity. And so you actually have to plan and schedule for the spontaneity. You have to make the, you have to make the spontaneous conversations. You have to actually give them a spot and get everyone in the room and then sort of encourage that, which is not the same thing. I get that, but still I just got off the phone earlier today, you know, talking with a company uh, who has a product that they're building out. And I was just riffing with them on on design UI UX things, and we walked mm-hmm. away with a whole litany of things that that they can try to do, and we did that via Zoom. It's still creative, artistic, mm-hmm. even, and didn't have to be in person. So I, I don't know if I even if I even buy that. The thing is, there are you, you can just you, you look at the sum total. Look at the periphery here. You know, we have not heard we have not seen any articles over the last two years about how pro- productivity just completely tanked. We, we, we have not yeah. seen, we have not seen the grand economist study that talks about how COVID led to remote work and remote work destroyed companies and their productivity hasn't happened. And I don't think it's going to happen. I really don't. And so to be honest, if if it were, those companies are not in business right now. Right. But you're not sure. And I'm sure that I mean, well, I mean, plenty of companies really, you know, took it uh, took it hard in, in in the covid downturn. But nobody had suffered in covid because they went remote. Sure. There's adjustments. There there, there was. Pain and discomfort in adjusting to to a remote first norm. But yeah, be the the, the act of being remote first was not the the identifiable detrimental element. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. we would have heard that story and we haven't, we just haven't. And here's the other thing that we haven't seen though. We have not seen, you you talked about a little bit with, okay, we're going to go to this dynamic amorphous office space. So instead of you having a dedicated space and a dedicated desk, there's this space that people will come in, collab, share, and then leave And maybe we rotate that, you know, we have a space for, I I liked your analogy for a thousand person company. We have a space that holds 250 people and it's Mm -hmm. just kind of, you know, use it as you, as you need it. That's a cool idea. And it's not the first time I've thought about it. That could be where we go. Thing is though, we have not seen that yet. I have not seen outside of things like we work and, you know, Personal, oh, yeah. but that that predates that predates COVID. I'm not talking about yeah. that stuff. I'm talking about at a. I'm talking about the WeWork idea at that enterprise level, like you mm-hmm. said, thousand-person company, 250 square foot space, uh, 250-person space. I'm not seeing those kinds of offerings in the real estate market yet. Now, if this was a a direction that major companies were intending to go. We would have seen it by now. We're three years out from COVID. Like there are plenty, plenty of time for those kinds of market effects to take shape. Yeah. And we haven't seen that yet, which leads me to one of two conclusions. A, we... Lay it on me. <laughs> they haven't thought of it yet. Just haven't thought about <laughs> doing it yet. Right. Ridiculous. But it is... Okay, why haven't we done it? Well, nobody, nobody thought of it. Nobody said anything. Okay. That's an option. Okay. (laughs) B, they're not going to. They don't want to. And they're just going to stick with what they know, which goes back to your grumpy old man theory, which I think is correct. And so I I have been following this remote thing. I have been all over this since day one. I wrote a piece uh, about this back in like June or July of 2020. Talking about how I think this is a good thing and and where this is going to go and and all that kind of stuff, and so I am all I am here for this. I love this, and so yeah. what I think is going to happen, more prediction time. What I think is going to happen is that you're going to ha- continue to have old customers trying to do things the same old way because that's what they know, and for the reasons that I described and that you described, it's just it's mm-hmm. it's what they know. They don't want to change. You know, they're saying one day a week right now, but that's just a, you know, th- that's just a tease and it's just going to keep going. It's not going to stop at one day.
0: And yeah, I don't know. And, uh, I don't know that that's like universally like a, like a Trojan horse. No, um, not universally. Certainly some organizations some organization certainly will.
1: I guarantee yeah. you that, a, that more than a few organizations are thinking of it that way. I guarantee yeah. it. Uh, not all of them. Uh, who um, Twitter? Well, I know Twitter's, you know, they went fully... No, not Twitter. Somebody went fully remote uh, in the aftermath of COVID and stayed that way. And it wasn't Twitter. It wasn't Instagram. I forget who it was. Um, it was a big name Um, in the space. Uh, went fully remote. I'll see if I can find it. And, uh, mm-hmm. and as far as I know, they're still there. If I could just remember the damn name. So... So yeah, there are people like, there are companies like that that have, you know, that are going to embrace it. And then there are companies that are going to say, no, we just want one day a week. And they really mean it. That's, that's possible too. But I don't think that's the majority. I think the majority just want to get back to the same old, same old, because that's what they know. And so what I think is going to happen is that we're going to continue to have this, this kind of fighting, this kind of infighting. We're going to have to see a generational turnover at the top tiers, as that continues to happen, as the old guard rotates out, and people like—I mean, I'm in my early 40s now. You know, you're in your mid 20s, so I know you've got some time. <laughs> Thank you. You're I freaking, appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, freaking baby. I, I appreciate you. <laughs> so you got some time yet? As 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 people in our at our level inside the organizations go from middle management, upper middle management to senior management, and actually start making mm-hmm. these decisions. You're going to see this stuff kick right back out, and so what I think you're going to see over the next, I'll say, five years, ten years, is you're going to you're just going to hear stories about companies that you know, no particular reason, no no major impetus, no market defining impetus like COVID. Just these companies, well, they went fully remote, liquidated all their offices, got rid of all their their office space, or maybe converted a port, kept and converted a portion of it to meeting space. And hey, yeah, that becomes pretty cool. Remote first employees, and then you've got this this Cool meeting space, and now you don't have to go, mm-hmm. you know, destination or conference center. You can actually build a space around yeah. that that quarterly, biannually, you know, team meeting type of type of formula.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: I, I I think you see that happen naturally because it, I, I think most you know most people are just they're here for that. And the only ones who aren't are the ones. Well, we never did it this way. Just go back to the way we've always done it. I, I think that's. I think that's the driving factor for for a lot of this. And, and it's. I, I'm super cynical. I, I I admit I am a very, very cynical person. Generally speaking, I could be wrong, but I just I have a hard time getting over it because the evidence just isn't there for anything else. As I hope I've demonstrated here.
0: Over-unders, I would say less than – 24 is probably ridiculous, to be honest with you. Over-unders, probably 12 months before you start seeing uh, Wall Street Journal, Forbes articles about smart management trimming real estate and, Mm -hmm. you know, cost-cutting and and all of that sort of thing. Which, you know, if you've got – I mean, if you're – you know, if you're – a lot of companies are really dealing hard with this inflationary pressure and talent market and everything else, If you really don't have enough nickels to go around, that's kind of an easy button to push. Yeah, and the thing, but I don't. What I don't understand is like, oh, you know, that things are things, and we're talking about specifically software developers here, right? Things are so bad that you have it is an existential threat. You must get back to the office because the last three years. We got business done and things were mostly well, fine yeah that's what exactly like it's, my it's a point. tough yeah you, you know there's, and, there's and
1: no dem- there's no demonstrable painful impact. Of being remote first there there yeah. isn't it doesn't exist other
0: other uh, other than there's a couple of people that really like being in the office and it's blank we have a we have an office and there's uh motion activated lights right they turn off every seventeen minutes when there's no motion <laughs> routinely people are standing up and moving around just to get the lights back on because there's nobody else in the whole big space <laughs> and it's been <laughs> seventeen minutes since the camera caught them right like that's i mean
1: yeah, but the <laughs> It's a high price
0: to pay for a preference, though. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, it is. is You're paying a premium. So I think with that, I think there's got to be I I wouldn't say there's got to be you. How do I phrase, you know, uh, if you have faith in your company leadership, uh, it may be comforting would be the wrong word to know that they are willing to pay the, the penalty, the premium on doing the hybrid thing. You know having said that it's it's just a preference,
1: yeah, see the thing is, I'm not even sure I buy that because you, you talk about the people who prefer in person, yeah, well, you know the wheelwright really enjoyed you know fixing wheels on the wagons before the automobile <laughs> came along too. <laughs> this to me feels like an adaptation issue and, yeah. and 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 I don't and and we as humans we it super is we, I mean we are humans as a species are infinitely adaptable our individual preference though is for status quo and for stationary. We yeah. hate we hate and resist change yeah. on a natural basis on the on the whole. And I feel like that's that to me is a is a is a it's a, a factor of resistance. Risk, I I think it's a right? no. I think the people who say, no, I need to be in the office because I really want that that space and that camaraderie, that's just kind of a resistance to change issue. I I I think by and large. And I know people who probably feel that way would disagree with me. And if there is You can, I mean, if anyone in the, you know, within the sound of my voice, in the range of my voice thinks that there is actually some concrete definitional, you know, reason for that being true. Otherwise, I would, I would love to hear it. I welcome it. Otherwise though, I think it's just adaptation and getting used to it. I don't feel like I miss out on that stuff. And I've been remote for 14, fully remote for 14 years. And I have really strong relationships with all the people I've worked with. I've built the same professional network that my father built. And he was, you know, fully brick and mortar his entire career. So, yeah, I, I, I just, I don't buy that. That's the same. It's the same. That's the same mindset that pushes the executives to say, "No, I want people back in the building." Hummer, hummer, hummer. Well, and it's, it's,
0: it's fear, right? So, I mean, fear is fear is maybe the most powerful human driver of action, and. I, I have always maintained that humans are absolutely abysmal. We suck. We are terrible. If I had a sounder for it right now, I would play it. We are the worst at risk assessment, at fear, at, at, at predicting the likelihood of an event that we perceive as painful and at predicting the outcome Right. The impact of those painful events, those two things, that's a that's a risk calculation. And the human brain is absolutely abysmal at it. This is why people get afraid to get on an airplane to fly three hours to a different time zone because they're afraid the plane is going to crash. Meanwhile, they're doing 90, putting on mascara and eating a cheeseburger on the highway to get to the plane like n times more likely to die in a car on your way to the airport than on the plane and yet that's what gets the attention because the human brain is abysmal at risk assessment and so what do i think the risk is of 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 letting people work from home well they'll be lazy right they'll be playing video games instead of actually doing work how do i know they're engaged how do i know they're productive how do i know that they're impacting for the bet right all these kind of things that's what you're kind of basing the decision on. And it's
1: not really. Yeah, it's fear based. It's not, it's not not evidence based. That's just it. It's fear based. It's not evidence based. Your reason for coming back is, is superfluous and doesn't actually, you know, doesn't actually quantify, you know, it's this creativity, camaraderie, rah, rah, you know, but it doesn't actually have the, the, the quantifiable. And here's the, here's another point for it.
0: No, well whether it's whether it's the whether it's a, a genuine, hey, I think this company works better when people have that level of high bandwidth human interaction, or it's the I'm afraid people are going to be lazy if they're doing work from their pajamas. Mm-hmm. Whichever it is, it is still a a decision based on fear, and based fear. on historically Unfounded. terrible risk analysis. Mm-hmm. And and where you draw the line is ultimately arbitrary.
1: Yep. Yep. All right. We've got 10 minutes left. I want to do an uh, Ask the Internet. Oh, my God. Movable printed type. We have an ATA coming in hot. Ask the Internet. So do formal engineering, subject line, do formal engineering practices have any application in the companies that you've worked at? So things like hierarchical data, workflows, dynamic forms, anything that isn't on the level of a basic select statement seems to be something that people struggle a lot with and results in extremely obtuse crap that nobody without domain knowledge can understand so i i had to i had to parse this one a little bit but what, what i what i think we're we're getting at here is dealing with complex workflows coming out of something like what was that one that you and i worked with um in the in the in the healthcare space um uh it's not blackboard it was a it was a workflow um
0: generator. uh there's a uh there's a a company called k two that puts out a workflow. k two that's what i'm talking about yeah. so
1: so really high level complicated stuff like that uh you know other and you're going going that route instead of just simply i don't know emails and spreadsheets and and things like that for um uh, you know, uh, for formal engineering practices. So, you know, actually like tracking, you know, r- you know, doing the really complex kind of infrastructure. Maybe another way of putting this one would be if you've ever configured, uh, if you've ever, if you have ever administered a Jira installation, Jira has a very robust workflow definer that you can do where it'll create different If you've ever and-
0: administered If you've ever administered a JIRA installation, uh, I will put a link to the local AA meetings in the show (laughs) notes because that is a crap job. Yep. Yep. That system is hard. The more I use it, the more I don't like it. Yeah, it's, I, it it is. It's a Swiss Army you knife. Know, if you can get it to do whatever you need it to do, and just like all, I, we have this. Conversation, I feel like this is every week, Frank, that we talk about this. It can do everything, and so it sucks and so in it everything. Does, it, and so it's 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 impossible to do anything simple without getting in your own way. Mm-hmm. And honestly, is it nice to have all the little bells and features and whatever? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's maybe it's nice to have those things, but is it worth the overhead? I think a lot of times, no. I'm yeah. sorry, that's not. Anything to do with the ATA, but please continue.
1: Yeah. All right. So if you're you know, try, trying to parse the, um, the the questioner here, you know, building a you know, company who has Jira and has a very robust, complex, multi-step, branching, forking, looping back workflow in Jira versus just ticket in, in progress, done. You yeah. the, 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 going know, the, going that really... Really complex route for your for your engineering work building. I, a very I elaborate GitLab. process. I
0: miss GitLab. So I just a little inside baseball here. I uh, one of my teams is in charge of administering the entire Atlassian suite for our enterprise. Uh, so <laughs> it's that says everything you need to know right that there. That says everything you need to know right there. It a lot. Uh, so that's that's Confluence <laughs> Jira, Bitbucket, and Bamboo. And I do so hard do I miss. GitLab and its integratedness and its simple Kanban. There's there's simplicity. one way well, yep. I don't want to get into the details, but there is one specific reason that that we we went with it lassian instead of because GitLab was in in the environment for a little while, thanks to yours truly. Um I I I, I miss it so hard. Yep. It's like I have yep. I have some, you know, we 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 uh we have the source for the all the refactored stuff in in GitLab and I I go into that once a week to do our stuff and it's like ah this is so nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like you've been outside, you're doing work, like hard work all day. You're, you're digging holes and moving heavy stuff. And then you come in, you get a shower, you just put on some PJs. It's like, ah, that's just, what GitLab is. Yeah, just after sim- a hard day of JIRA.
1: Exactly. It's just so, so, pro- so, so you, you're, you're getting into the vibe here of what, of what the, 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 the question, the, the, um, the asker is, is getting at, you know, going super, sim- super simple down to earth, brass tacks, just getting stuff done versus the, the high-level complexity. And so do, do, they, do they actually work? Are these actually useful? And so I will say they can be, but only if that highly sp- specific, highly sophisticated complex process has grown organically and as a direct result of the company's needs. And, and in those cases, what happens is I, I'm advocating for extreme programming here. I'm advocating for small loops and, iter- you know, solve, solve a problem and then just, you know, keep iterating on it. As you find a new edge case, address mm-hmm. the edge case, and then it just continues. In those kinds of, of, of cases, those systems do evolve to encompass the sum total of the, of the problem. I'm dealing with actually this... The part of the reason that I I lashed on to this was I'm dealing with this right now, so I am responsible for building. I'm trying to build uh, SKUs for our product now. Our product is messy; just com- it's complex. Messy is a negative term. Our product is complex, and so the notion of just building it's not going to be a skew of you know five products. It's going to be at like a hundred different SKUs minimum. It's 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 got multi dimensions that all affect implementation and uh, cost and time to deliver and all that kind of stuff. And so I started with a basic, but I, I did the exact same thing for that. I started with a basic list and then I added different things and I, I addressed additional concerns and then I saw, okay, that's not meeting the need as I understood it. And so now I'm at a point where I have taken, I've gone back to the drawing board. I have a spreadsheet and now I've defined each of the individual elements and I'm using some formula magic with some drop downs to say, okay, based on these, here's your SKU, here's what it encompasses. And then the next step is to actually start looking for edge cases where if A and B are both true, then there's a problem because they, they can't be based on the configuration. Like I can't do this configuration at this site. It's just not possible. So if I try and pick that configuration at that site, eh, you know, I got to stop it. And so now I'm looking at, again, an, a, another revision on, on top of the logic. And so one of the things that's in the back of my mind as I'm going through this is, you know, I could just build an application that just does this rather than a spreadsheet. And yeah, I could, but I'm going to wait until I actually hit the limits on the spreadsheet rather than jumping right to the super complex thing and, and going full tilt in that direction. If I'm not sure at a point where I'm not 100% sure that that's the right move. I'm just going to wait. I'm going to let the process dictate where I go. And so, back to the question here: Anytime you see overly complicated things, they either were built too too advanced, too complex, too fast, or they weren't kept up to date as processes and as the business changed around them. And now they're needlessly complicated because they've just fallen behind. They're just out of date and out of step with how the organization is working today. Those seem to be the situations that, that happen. But, uh, and then to you to the direct question, Oh, do they have any application in the, in the companies? Yeah, they do. But I've also seen it where they don't. I I, I think it's both.
0: Yeah, it is. It is both. I think part of the problem, Mm. part of the problem with this one is to, uh, 99% 99% of the problem space of the average company is nothing that requires even a
1: bachelor's degree. <laughs> you might want to elaborate on that a little bit. I understand. I don't what feel like
0: I I don't feel like I have to. I, I really don't <laughs> think it's that complicated. Like 99%. Okay, so so you're let's let's suppose you're uh <laughs> you're, let's making, suppose you're-,
1: you're making the educators very mad in the, <laughs> in the audience. And and the very I- book heavy, uh the book heavy technologists too. Yeah, I, well, I, you know, they're not, uh,
0: they're not my favorites.
1: Chris, th- but th- Chris at refactor.work is where you can <laughs> you know, send all your hate mail.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, no, so that like, uh, you're a web developer. And you're working for the enterprise. You're what uh, Michael Domick from the Coda Radio Show calls a, a a dark matter developer, right? You're spending all your days in in Java or C sharp and Angular building business applications for your business customers, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say that's your that's your day to day, as many people are. Uh, what you are building are CRUD interfaces. <laughs> like the lion's share of what you do is data in, data out you're building a normalized schema, you're layering in a, an application, uh, a, a business logic service uh, in your application layer, and then you're putting a CRUD front end on it. And yeah, there's complica- there's nuance. I'm, look, I've been here, I've done it, I know what, I know what goes on. Uh, but if you want to overgeneralize just a little bit, mm-hmm. you're just building CRUD apps, right? Mm-hmm. You don't need to know what the most efficient way is of sorting a binary tree. You don't need to know how to conduct a, a big O Analysis of your storage algorithm. You don't need to know how to uh, w- an arithmetic logic unit uh, uses uh, two's complement. Like you, none of that is applicable. All that <laughs> stuff you learn in CS class is garbage. What they didn't teach you that you needed to know is how to talk to humans, how to organize a project, and how to write documentation. Because that's the stuff that's actually going. You're actually going to need to do, and you're going to curse everybody before you who didn't do those things right okay so like, just
1: sidebar I, oh because we haven't had one oh my god how have we gone in it
0: it's been like an hour dude how have we not started how did we yet? do that
1: we couldn't end without at least one sidebar so sidebar as you were talking about those three things that they have to know i just added them those are our those are our discussions for the next couple of episodes are those three things <laughs> perfect those i'm, I'm <laughs> organize a project talk to humans. Write documentation refactors got you covered it. everybody we'll, we'll we'll cover all of the
0: important stuff i'm i'm into it i'm into it um that's really that's really what you get oh and and use git okay like, <laughs> how to use git version control git.
1: oh my god the number of people who don't understand it oh now now they're coming fast and hard uh the number of people who don't know how to use version control it scares the hell out of me when i talk to an engineer or a developer who, who doesn't use any kind of version control oh oh god.
0: Terrifying. What are you,
1: college grads, you, man? Like college guys, gals, g- get learn version control. It's like step one. If you don't want to get what thrown are out you of an doing, interview, man,
0: I I can't even. I can't even. Uh, but look, you're you're a student. You don't have to, you know. You and I were lifestyle nerds, right? We were we were hacking a little code together before, you know. We were professionals, software developers, right? Yeah, so sure. we came in with a little understanding. Somebody that's like, hey, they're in high school. They think, ah, the software thing looks cool. They go to school for it. They learn what they learn, you know, C or Java or Python. Uh, maybe they take an assembler class, a couple algorithm courses, and then bam, they get shoved into industry. It's not. Like, I'm not mad at them because nobody thought to tell them that they would need a core set of tooling day one, no matter literally which job they chose to take. That's not Mm -hmm. their fault. That's that's the education system. We're on record as not being huge fans of our country's education system kind of from soup to nuts, if I'm being honest at this point. <laughs> and so, <laughs> you're, getting, you're tickling me here. So so for me, I think, you know, the formal engineering stuff, it certainly can help. If, if and when and where you have a situation where it is actually more complex than create a schema, build a business service, build a CRUD, there are circumstances where that stuff does help. Uh, and there are times where you can apply a little bit of thinking to really cut down the amount of work being done. But the amount of time that you save in those cases is marginal when you think about all of the effort you spend in a year doing all the other stuff. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I say most of these jobs, you barely need a bachelor's degree. Um, And I am, I don't know about you, but I, there are times where, and I, you know, uh, I I get legitimately giddy. Like, I am excited. I have a great day. When I actually need to draw on real, like capital R, real computer science knowledge, like when I can actually draw on something that is really like in the weeds, technical, specific, and actually does make an impact on the like, I am so excited for those conversations. They happen maybe twice annually.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: and if I weren't in the room to to have that part of the conversation, or or you know, one of members of the team were not there. To talk about how the right way to do it is. If I think back on the last couple of times this has happened, would the business have imploded if they had done it the naive way? No.
1: No, generally, generally, no. I mean, there are. I like filling my bench. No, I,
0: you know, I, I, I love, I have a passion for hiring. You do as well. And I know as well as you do. I, I love filling the benches with people who are personable and who know that stuff it's just fun it's just it's iron sharpens iron it's a good environment when you get a room full of smart people that's kind of why we're all here it's not necessary and the mm. problem the other and i'm being a little facetious with all that but there's some truth to it the real the real issue though is that sometimes those solutions take more time than the business has patience to wait for them
1: yeah so how does this so tie this back to the original question the formal oh you know complex engineering practices you say you, you know you don't need a lot of education so you're saying because of that, a lot of these formal formal practices are are needlessly complex and and unnecessary. Is that is that sort of the conclusion to draw? If you're, my point is, if you're working at
0: Intel or Google, okay, you need a lot of that stuff. Anybody that's not working for Google or Intel needs hardly any of it. I see.
1: Well, I, I, now
0: based I, on OP, like it looks like this question is. It looks like OP is probably towards the light end of the experience side. Well, I mean, it's it's in
1: Ask Programmers on Reddit. I mean, so the the implication is obviously you're going to get beginners here, I think.
0: Yeah, but but engineering practices, right? And then the Mm -hmm. example is implementing hierarchical data workflows, dynamic forms, Mm -hmm. right? Like mm, that's is that is that really engineering practices or is that just your company is kind of stuck in 1998
1: well it could be that but it could also just be dynamic forms and workflows that are built to facilitate otherwise you know high high level application development you, know? you you're using using a K2 workflow engine when a basic ticket tracker with a git commit post hook would suffice. You know what I'm saying? Mm, I, I, I that's how right. I read it. That's how I read it anyway. Um so so you're okay. Anything else on that? I think we covered it. I'm no. going to start the loop. No, I'm starting the loop. What? <laughs> Screw it. We're loop we're doing we'll do it live. Yeah, we're do, we're doing it live.
0: We're doing I thought it live.
1: was Ah oh, crap. I can't start the loop yet. I didn't close out the ass of the internet. Hold on. We must keep this from the serfs lest they gain literacy and threaten the landed gentry. Okay, now I can do that. There we go.
0: That's right. We're we're coming off a hiatus here, so it's it's we're a little rusty. Uh, that's fine. Well, if you've got thoughts on Return to Office, we would certainly love to hear them. Oh, yeah. Uh, please send us an email, feedback at work. You could even use your voice recorder on your phone and email us that clip. We'll play it on the show, and we will try to edit it to make you look, sound like a doofus. Um, if you'd, like, uh, if you'd like more of uh, my ramblings online, they can be found at Tonkinson.com. And Frank's got a website over there too. He's got a blog, which he updates a little more often than me as Slightly, of late slightly late at HotColes, K-O-E-H-L-S.com. Near as I can tell, this has been episode 96 of the Refactored Podcast, recorded February 9th, 2023. We are living in the future. Thanks, Frank.
1: Thanks, Chris. Yeah.